Welcome to the Creative Industry Insight Podcast, a podcast that looks at various roles in the creative world. I'm your host, Bobby. Today's guest, white arranger Rob Locke, joins us to talk about their work on polite society. Please be warned, there are heavy spoilers in this episode. So sit back and relax as we jump into conversation with Rob. Hi, Rob. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, good to see you, Rob. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping, I was waiting for the first time, like having a bit of a rob back and forth with each other. <laughs> um, I think this might be a first with the same namesake. So hopefully yeah. people don't get too confused with which Rob is talking. Okay. But I think as soon, if they hear my voice saying that I did a backflip, I think people will be like, that is definitely a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're here to talk about polite society where you were the fight co- uh, coordinator on it uh, i saw the film last week really enjoyed it it's cool. very much something that i kind of like didn't expect there was a lot of zig- zigging and zagging uh, in the film and it kept you on its toes but i think um one of the main like one of the main aspects of the film is the stunts and the fighting in it before we jump into the questions how have you found the reaction to the film Fantastic. I've been looking and I've had a few of my people, I run a martial arts academy, they've been sending me uh, reviews left, right and centre. I've had uh, hundreds come through and I'd say 90% have been really, really enjoying it and uh, finding it so uh, different. Because it has those those two sort of worlds collide of the old school of like with uh, a family having a tradition of being brought up in a certain way or having certain expectations of your kids and then your kids kind of throwing those expectations out the window and building on what they're sort of passionate about. Absolutely. It came across like that, I think, and uh, I think that was the plan from Nida. How did the project come about for you? It came uh, with a phone call from Crispin Layfield, who's a stunt coordinator. I'd worked with him in 2012 on a a TV show called Hunted with Melissa George. And he uh, he's often tried to get me into projects that involve multiple martial arts. And uh, he spoke to Nida at length and said, I've got the ideal guy to sort out all these fights for you. So uh, he told me the dates and I checked if I'd be available and I was and we were on. Because if I'm right, you have, is it 10 black belts? Yeah, um, it's been many years since I've checked. It's 10, 11, something like, like that, yes, in different martial arts. Because you're you're trained in various dis- different martial arts, when a script like this comes and you're reading how the fight scenes are played out, do you think about choosing a, a specific martial arts in the way that it should be presented on screen? Or do you do like a mishmash of various very fast lots. It's a good question, Rob. It was uh, really, it's just you drawing from your knowledge across the last 40 odd years and pulling together a fight technique as you run through each fight to suit that particular moment. I always ask the question of a director when they've written something like this. Uh, I haven't had many like this, actually. How long do you want this fight to be? Are there fatalities? Can we break bones? Uh, are people smashing things up? Are they going through windows? Are there more than one person attacking this uh, individual? 
and ask lots and lots of significant questions. And, and how is it? Is, are we? Uh, is it a fun element here? Do you want to laugh from the audience, or or do you want them to go, "Oh, that was nasty"? I ask many many questions, and then pull together the martial arts to suit. I mean, the dojo one with Magnus in the uh, big karate type fight that was very simple because I was a uh, a karate practitioner for many years and in competition fighting and that was very simple to draw out and uh, whereas the other ones were like uh, the bully fight with Nimra or sorry not the bully fight the uh, the big boss fight that had to be wild and wacky and uh, and out there such as matrix stroke you know just crazy stuff and uh, so that's it really I, I drew from the different martial arts but it it wasn't specific like in uh, in the Nimra fight, the big uh, the big boss fight, I put some Indonesian salat in there and some trapping from the Philippines. Uh, just pulling on different sources, really. Yeah, because it's quite it's quite interesting to hear that that it's not just one uh, one sort of type of fighting that gets put into it. I guess, as you said as well, when you have the first fight in the karate uh, dojo, because to me that felt quite brutal as well, even though yeah. it. Even though it's, as you said, it's like something that you could pull on from something quite simple. The fighting does, because I guess because it has that more, not necessarily real element to it, but that sort of, I guess, where the setting is, it, it did that you could feel the blows and the sort of uh, in between the fighting uh, between the two characters. But even when you go to the final fight where you're right, that it has that um, sort of mystical and fantastical element and mm. having the including of, the fighting of something like the matrix um yes or even probably other uh hong kong style films you still f you still feel the punches and blows in that as well i think just as much as the as the first fight but on top of that i think you have that more of uplifting moment of like this is it all or nothing if you Absolutely. lose and to go back to the Magnus fight, it, it wasn't traditionally, a karate fight wouldn't look like that. Uh, you've got the blows, you've got people trying to score points on each other. But at that point in the script, she had a voiceover and she was very angry with men in general. And that was the tempo in that fight. So I suggested to Nita, let's have some uh, takedowns where they land on the back and it's bam. And uh, and she was she was very happy with that. So we wanted it to look like there was some leg sweeps and Priya landed on her back, Magnus landed, and then they helped each other up. And then she got angrier and angrier. So we 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 put an extra few elements in there to make it more brutal. I think you, it does show. And then on top of that, the sound design of the, the fudding onto the mats. It just when you're in the cinema and with those speakers, it's just like... It, it does reverberate more uh, through you. With the film having so many fights as well, um, when you're starting off with sort of choreographing these fights, where do you begin with that? Do you and Crispin sit down and say, well, we'll do X, Y, Z, whip out uh, your iPhone or camera phone and then start sort of fighting your way through each other on how it would look? Or is it storyboarded and then spoken to with the director, the actors, and then sort of playing up from there? Well, actually, uh, I did it in order of the script. Uh, we had the Magnus fight first, then we had the bully fight with Shona in the library. And I just started mapping out the fights uh, really in my head of roughly how long they should be after Nida's advice, and then uh, built it from there. I built it on storyboards myself. Crispin 
really he is more the wire side of things and bringing up the elements where uh, somebody runs up the wall or they fly through the air that was more his forte mine was just building the fights from a storyboard uh from the script from nida and uh, just working my way through how brutal does this bully fight need to be in the library for instance and uh, and just mapping that out and i'm very lucky that i have a martial arts academy so i had several well, I've got 400 students, but I had several very good students. And we uh, we did the iPhone thing and we we mapped out some of the fights. We threw those over to Nida. Uh, she was yes on most of the things, no on this, no, that's too long, that's too short. And we just built it and chopped it to suit and built it like that. Then, of course, when we got onto uh, set uh, and we started building up the rehearsals, then we had the actresses come in with their doubles and we, uh, some things were working beautifully and some things weren't quite. So I went back to the drawing board and, and reset. And that was the process, really. Yeah, because I guess um, when you're mapping out fights and in your mind, you might have something different compared to the director of how they would like things. But on top of that, there's things that they might not have thought of um, exactly. at the same time. Because I guess in my mind, you think about fights they have to be safe first first and foremost when you have people playing them out. There's also just how they're going to look on camera, the sort of movement that you want, the what the stakes are and how you want to sort of push the story along with the fighting as well. Because that's also important in this film, uh, the styles of like the character arc in how they're progressing um, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, as we were working through the fights, it was uh, quite interesting to get the feedback from Nida. Right from the get-go, she sent me text saying, could we make this fight more like Kill Bill, Old Boy, uh, Matrix, uh, Haywire? And I contributed several films that I wanted her to watch or fight scenes I sent her from films. And uh, she was very, very open to some of that stuff. But a lot of this style, uh, the crouching tiger hidden dragon came from nida herself she's got a big influence uh, i've read quite a bit about her she'd got a big influence in uh, fighting when she grew up and she trained martial arts herself and that was quite a fun thing uh, in the meeting at uh, the studio sorry the uh, the place in london where we met uh, focus features films uh, around the table i said nida you you've got martial arts training haven't you i've never re read a script where there's somebody understanding the fights so much as what you've done. And she's the one person I've met director-wise who has fight experience. So that was quite, quite interesting. But yeah, there were many, many influences from all the uh, aforementioned films. And uh, we pinched from those. And isn't that the same with everything, though, that you... You covet things and you want to see uh, respects paid to like Bruce Lee. It was a heavy influence for me back in the 70s. And I wanted to see little elements of that, you know, and, and Old Boy was a tremendous influence for me, that corridor scene. I wanted to see brutality in some of the fights. And uh, I got the uh, the wordage from Nida for the... Uh, the Ritu fight when the sister comes in and she's very angry and uh, she wanted that to be as brutal as hell. And so I thought to break that up, let's have some groundwork. There was quite a bit cut from that, actually. When we smashed through the door, there was some big throwing action the other side in the corridor and there was some groundwork going in 
there, uh, an armbar attempt, some biting more, and they had to cut it. We were running out of time that day, and so they had to cut and change and smash into the mirror. So there were quite a few bits, uh, even in the Shona fight, uh, the bully fight, there were quite a few bits chopped that they were running out of time. Uh, with Lena being training to be a stunt uh, stunt woman, it's like the I guess the arc of the is the um, it's the arc of like the discipline in each fight, right? Yes. So as you said, with the sisters fighting, let's be honest. When you fight with your siblings, I don't know if you have any. It's like there's no rules basically, right. uh, <laughs> uh, because you just want to sort of tear each other apart and be like, well, if. You, I'm the youngest of three. So being the youngest, you're going to have to, and being the smallest in all of these occasions, you have to uh, be fighting a little bit dirtier and be a little bit more violent. Whilst whilst with the final boss fight, the, you know, there's a bit more badassery and there's more of a, you need to be more hyper-focused on that sort of arc in terms of, you need to make sure that you're, you know what you're doing because you've only got one chance to uh, beat this person. Exactly. And in the Ritu fight, she's the older sister and we talked her character quite a bit. And uh, we were sort of thinking she's got a, she's got previous martial arts experience. She's the older sister, so she's going to kick her ass all over the place. And you see her smashing the cupboards, etc. Then the element came in there. Let's run up the wall. Let's jump on her and try and choke her out, nullify her, because she's got so many more skills. And that's where the hair tongs came in, and and then they reset, and then it was a headbutt and a smash through the door. And it was that dominance of the sister, and she was trying to uh, defend herself against her sister, who was coming in angry, pissed as hell, and wanted to smash the hell out of her sister, which you've, you've made reference to, which is exactly what she did. And then, like you say, the last fight with Nimra was... Uh, the big boss mentality. And then we wanted the audience to uh, have a shock and think, oh my God, she's got skills as well. This is mental, you know, and she's nullifying Priya's kicks to her stomach and spinning her. And, and we wanted that uh, that lift for the audience to look and go, oh my God, look at this at the end, they're ripping each other to bits. And there's a lot at stake. That's the, uh, that's the, the future mother-in-law and, and it was going, obviously it's fantasy land, but it was uh, a lot of fun to see the audience's reaction at the end of that. I think with that sort of, because of your paying homage to other um, films with its uh, action set pieces as well, I think because you mentioned uh, wire work uh, as well, which I kind of want to get into. I know that wasn't your uh, forte, but I do have a question on that a little bit later on. But when you do have that sort of, back to the sort of paying homages and uh, building the fights up to different sort of levels and also uh, amping up the sort of intensity of them because you do have like with fighting the sister and then uh, the mother more uh, mother-in-law sorry you seem to sort of it, 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 I guess the fighting kind of mixed with the schemes that they get a little bit more and more bonkers but then also just like wow like as you said this is what's happening on the screen and also the fighting sort of amps up more and even the moves where you think how are you going to stop the big boss if if she's absorbing all your uh fight you know your kicks and your punches how what, what are we going to do that's going to really top up um with the finale 
That's it. It was building and building and building. And uh, Nida's brief was, let's try and make that last fight the big kick-ass fight. Obviously, we had the wedding one coming after that, the wedding escape. But uh, we wanted to put some different elements in there, something that people hadn't seen a great deal. So I put the Indonesian reference to clothing. In Indonesia, they fight with like a sari thing across them and a knife comes in or a stick and they take that off and they use that to defend themselves and i wanted to do that and put some different elements into that fight and put something in there that people hadn't seen a great deal of and then obviously she was an evil stepmother so we were threading the needle putting the thing around her neck when you've stunned the opponent with so many shots and then you can choke them out at your leisure that's what we were trying to portray there oh my god look she's actually going to kill her and choke her out where the hell's this gonna go and uh, i think that came across as something pretty uh, nasty and then we wanted that sort of joyous moment where priya suddenly comes to runs up the wall to 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 defend that move which was quite funky and then of course it all went nasty for her because she uh, she finishes her off, gets the microphone, etc. But uh, we put as many fantastical elements in there as we thought we could get away with, really. With the sort of Indonesian style as well, what did you look at specifically in terms of films and what is it that you wanted to sort of take away from those elements? Because you're mentioning about the costume side um, as well, because I could imagine conversations are needed with the costume designer to say, like, even though they'll have um, saris for the big wedding scenes. They still need to be sort of movable and flexible enough so they can fight and move in and not just sort of look great. They will need to have a more practical element to it. Yeah, there were some talks there. Uh, when we're talking about the Indonesian element, it wasn't so much the films, it's the training I'd done over the years. I was an apprentice under Dan Inosanto for eight years. Uh, the guy who lives in America who is Bruce Lee's number one uh, training partner and the guy who passed over a lot of his knowledge too. And he's got a very, very, uh, very deep influence in Silat, Indonesian uh uh, martial arts, uh, the stick, the knife and the trapping and all the training I'd done. It wasn't so much the films. It was the 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 trapping elements I wanted to put in there and the clothing with the taking the thing off and someone has a knife in front of you and you use that clothing. We were going to put originally jewellery on it that was sharp. So the this thing came off. It was a, like a a, a, four, a three foot uh, piece of material with sharp elements, and we we're going to do a, a close up on it, and then that goes in her eyeball. But then they they shied away from that in the end. That was going to go into her eye and cut her eye, and we were going somewhere with that. But it got a bit too off off track a little bit there. But that was the influence from the Indonesian thing there, Rob. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was just sort of debating where uh, that influence had come from but I think as well having that background of being being under someone for so many years um, yeah. and learning from them that must have been quite an experience as well being able to sort of be with someone who was with the greats who was with one of the greats but then also learn under them and be their number one as well it's like wow that's incredible we we did want uh we did look at the raid a little bit and that's got indonesian that's pencak silat in there and the bit we took from that a little bit there was some great stuff in that film anyway uh was when he he physically picked somebody up and that was a wire work piece by the way in the raid and he smashes them into a concrete pillar and we sort of 
looked at that when uh, the bully fight was happening and she runs up the wall and does a flying sidekick into Shona and she grabbed hold of her. We originally got got her grabbing, spinning around and then smashing into the cabinet. And they said, let's make it look a bit more popcorn-y, a bit more uh, comical almost. Let's grab her in one beat and say she's so strong, she stuck her straight into the uh, cabinet. So that had a little bit of influence there, the raid in that particular set piece there. Just to sort of go back to what I was mentioning about wire work as well. Yes. How does wire work affect your planning for fights? Because the, they're sort of they'll be there to sort of assist you, but how do you plan around that? And when you're sitting down with Crispin regarding it, what are the conversations uh, around that as well? Well, let's do a, for instance, uh, the Nimra fight where she does the big matrix jump, which was about 10 foot in the air, maybe 15 foot in the air. We we looked at that and uh, we had two great elements there. We had a great stunt double in uh, Erin. She was incredible playing Priya for doing the backflip. She's a trained gymnast. So when she backflips away from her and does those things and stands there in a pose, we we had that as originally Erin doubled in there, and then obviously Priya stands there in the pose because that was something that uh, Priya couldn't do. And the Nimra thing with the leap into the air, we had a very very slow process with that. So ans- to answer your question, I built the fight and then uh, put in this wire element of the leap because Nida really wanted some some. Uh, some influences coming from the matrix and i said right we've got it brutal let's have that jump and then i spoke to crispy and went to see him and he said well we could do it as a double which is uh, guillemar was the double for nimra but we would love for the camera to see nimra and she at the start was terrified to jump or have these wires pick her up. It was a very slow process, what we call a slow burn. And over a period of a, a week, we built her up to a small leap, only like two or three foot off the floor. And uh, because, you know, she's not 21, she was finding it quite uh, nauseating. And she felt very, uh, I wouldn't say uncomfortable, but she was very fearful. And so we were very, very pleased in the end a couple of weeks before we were setting the cameras to shoot, we got her to go 10 foot in the air. And it was a fantastic achievement. She got some fantastic claps from everybody on that scene. So really, with the uh, Shona fight going through the door, it's just to talk to Crispin. He's saying, right, what's the space? What space do we have to pull through that door? That was Erin actually going through the door, obviously. Uh, Priya's double when uh, Ritu kicks her through the door. That was a very complicated wire piece that... uh, runs through the door they cgi out the wire but it's it's a jerk back and but it has to go up at an angle slightly but there was a lots of elements with her head possibly smashing the top of the door as she goes through it and just brutal as hell so that's again like i said it's crispin's expertise and the shona one into the cabinet that was a breakaway cabinet again very very uh very scary movements. We had a gigantic piece in there, which was chopped, where Shona had done some sort of double punch on Priya. Then they squared up again. And as as Priya was walking towards us, she did an almighty front kick, which levitated Priya. And Priya was on the wire to do that into a gigantic crash mat into the wall. That was chopped eventually because it was... uh, 
we'd done too too many fantastical elements and they wanted to pull that one out but i've got that on video it was an incredible piece that was and priya took that on as well as erin and she went back uh, about 12 feet maybe 15 feet up into the air which was like a 45 degree pull on the wire and smashed into a crash mat that was this deep on the wall and uh, that I was so proud of that we were going to get that in, but they chopped it in the end. But uh, does that answer your question about the wires a little bit there? Yeah, I think it's the sort of incorporation in the fighting and what sort of goes into it, because not just so the fact there's also that people are going to be so high up in the air, they also need to be able to get into those fighting poses, yes. um, which I think as well, like as an actor, like, having that knowing that you're going to be up 10 feet in the air or how, however high, but then also you will need to perform what you need to perform of the action, uh, which I think is probably an art in itself because there's so much going on. But I think you touched a point as well, where when say with one of the actors, they, there wasn't that they weren't comfortable, but there was like, I think they just needed to take some time to sort of get into it. Um, when it comes to stunt work, um, how do you go about getting an actor sort of out of their shell, making them comfortable with what they're doing, but also making sure what you guys are doing is safe? Yeah, it's a great question. Nida had me with the each of the actresses when we we're at Focus Features uh, upstairs in a beautiful room where I took focus. Focus mitts for boxing, uh, kick bags for kicking, sticks, knives. Uh, and I had about 45 minutes to an hour with each of the actresses. And then I came back to Nida and gave a feedback on every single one. And every, we were just blessed. I mean, oh, except for Nimra. She, I think she was in, she was abroad. She was on the Marvel films. That was right. She came in later uh, after the Marvel film. Uh, and I had Ritu and I had Priya and I had Shona. And we were blessed. I mean, they were all fantastic. I videoed all the work I did with them. Priya was absolutely outstanding in that she would take anything on, uh, not to take anything away from Ritu and Shona, but Priya was uh, incredible. And as time went by, uh, as we were start starting to map these fights out and we were saying things like, well, this is a difficult piece here. Erin can double you here on this. And Priya was very often saying, well, no, I'll try that as well. And uh, we just passed more and more and more over to her. And it was this, it was weird how uh, this mentality of uh, being a, a stunt woman in the actual film itself, uh, her profile, uh, she was putting into practice, which was crazy, really. She was wanting to take so much stuff on. And the wire work was a joy as well. She wanted to take so much on. And to touch briefly with what you said about uh, Nimra and the dress and what you're wearing. I mean, she had three-inch heels, pink shoes, and she had to land in a Matrix-type pose at the end of that gigantic leap. And she, that, like you said, it was a, a, a massive thing. You don't think of these things when you're writing the scenes. And we had Guillemar to pull back on. She has done everything in film. She's incredible. What she hasn't done in film isn't worth knowing. And uh, we had her to fall back on, but but. Nimra, bless her, she did it with those heels on and that massive cloak and uh, and it just worked to a T, really. Surely, like, with her landing in those heels, like, that, again, that must have been a sort of, like, wow, that's a, that's a, seeing that for the first time, like, that must be a really badass moment that someone could just be able to land that. But then also, if you see it in a fight, then it's like, what's going to stop them from, exactly. uh, from beating exactly. you if they can do that? But 
as well, like with with the film focusing on someone who wants to be a stunt woman. When you were reading the script, did you ever see a part of yourself in it as well? Just because when you were growing up, you probably wanted to do, you were getting into your martial arts, but then moving over to being a stunt stunt man. Did you ever sort of take away anything from that story as well? To be honest with you, uh, I've I've devoted much of my life to traveling. Uh, I've, I've, I've taught around the world quite a bit, four different countries, and trained many many martial arts. But the stunt side of things, especially being uh, not 21 anymore, obviously, the, I see the punishment they take. I took a lot of punishment when I fought in Thai boxing and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, judo, etc., and karate, you know, fighting in championships. You have enough grief in that. The stunt work and the stunt world is a different sort of mentality, although they've got martial arts training uh, as such. Uh, but it's more like smashing into things, falling on concrete, obviously with protection on, etc. But it's never really appealed to me. And I know it's a full time thing. Obviously, you have to go into all these disciplines. Uh, Adam, who portrayed Magnus in the dojo fight, he's a good friend. He was my assistant that uh, across that period. And I've been training with him in weapons for many, many years. And when Nida was looking for an actor, I said, well, why don't you we audition or could you audition uh, uh, Adam? And they did and they loved him. So he was in it. But he's a trainee. The funny thing is he's a trainee stuntman himself. He's about two years off and he's a full stuntman. So he was traveling a very similar uh, path to the story. But to answer your question, Rob, it's it's not appealed to me because you've got to go into it full time. And I was coaching martial arts full time. I've run many, many martial arts academies, taught all over. And I just don't have the time to go into stunts as deeply and as fully as you would need to. Maybe if I was born again, I'd uh, I'd pursue it because it's fun and it's a great uh, thing. I'm not great on heights. I used to be, but I'm not brilliant on heights. So, I mean, they have to jump off some buildings and hang out of helicopters. I wouldn't be the front of the queue, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I... Um... Yeah, I can totally agree on the stunt on the heights thing, just because it's uh I know there's somebody looking after you, but at the same time, jumping from such a height or from a collapsing building or helicopters you mentioned is um might not be, you know, might not be my ideal uh job. Maybe uh I'll stick to being behind a desk. Uh, <laughs> well, the funny thing is I love challenges. So in the last ten years I've thought, right, I'm getting a bit paranoid about heights. So I signed up to jump out of a plane and uh, I did a skydive and it was terrifying. And then a year later, I couldn't believe I'd done it. So I did it again. Then I went on the biggest roller coasters in the world. Then I've flown a plane. So I'm a bit crazy. So I think if I was born again, I could probably be a stunt man. I'd have to push myself off that building. But but uh, there it is. It's It's not my favorite thing. I will always step back and let somebody else do it. Well, I think I might take a leaf from your book and book. <laughs> jump out of a plane just to get over it and uh, yeah just to say you've done it put it on a bucket list it was incredible even if i have my eyes closed the whole time i think it'll still count right yeah for sure <laughs> um <laughs> there's something as well that i sorry that i missed from a little bit earlier that i would like to ask as well is that you're mentioning about working i know i mentioned about working with uh, actors and making sure that it's all safe but what about the case if uh, actors have 
little experience in stunts and fighting um, compared to somebody else who might have a lot more. How do you make sure that you get the people, get the actors to a same level um, to make sure that it's kind of going to be an even keel when you get onto set? Yeah, it's a good question. What happens is it's all down to uh, it's all down to the amount of rehearsal time we can get. Uh, that's always a big question when we sat around the table with directors and producers. How much rehearsal time will you give me with the actors and actresses? And obviously, the more the better. And uh, and and really, we were we were in a very good position where we had quite a bit of time, probably four weeks five weeks but obviously it's not every day because they're going away and doing acting scenes and and rehearsing so really the safety elements in the fighting if you if you want to sort of imagine how we're building uh we have uh we have adam and myself building a fight say the sisters fight we go through the moves the two actresses will stand by the side of us and they'll copy those moves. We will make it very, very clear that all the punches are stopping at least eight inches from the face for the camera to cheat it. And then if there's a strike across the face, there's again this eight-inch gap. And we give them plenty of time to rehearse and just see what the end product looks like. And then slowly build them, come away from that scene after a few hours, and then slowly build them on their power so that the camera believes or the audience believes they can really kick, they can really punch. <clears throat> and that calls on focus mitt work, like boxing, kick bag work, grabbing and trapping and holding and being physically in the moment. And uh, and they watch. I mean, actors, as you know, actors and actresses are absolutely phenomenal at watching how you move and how you perform. So almost like as a fight choreographer and Adam as a trainee stuntman, you have to act uh, the brutality of the scene as well. So you have to lift your game and then they put their own elements in as well, which is absolutely fantastic. I just, I get chills at the back of my spine when we stand behind the monitor and watch them act the scenes. It's incredible that what they bring to the fight as well in the nuances of the face, their body positioning, the way they, they, I, I was just gobsmacked throughout when I saw the process, and I have been in many, many films seeing this. But really, it's it's just a case of building them very, very safely. You know, I have heard some nightmare stories where other people have been uh, had near misses. They've had a punch in the face that's bloodied the nose. They were very lucky not to have the nose broken. Uh, I won't mention the films, but uh, there are some horror stories, but. You know, you only do as you know correctly. And Crispin has 100% belief in me, as I do him. And uh, you just keep actors and actresses mega, mega safe. And if there's anything they're really a little bit frightened of, we'll just say, right, that's a part where we can put the double in, the two doubles in or a double and actress and, and do it. But fortunately, we, we didn't have that hardly at all. I guess as well, if people are not used to sort of fight work and whatnot i think as well you're saying that like even though you're throwing the punch and it's going to be eight inches away from someone's face um i guess as a natural instinct it's always going to be like to flinch or put your hand up a little bit Um, but i guess it's also as you said that when you're playing these scenes out and you have actors sort of watching you uh like demonstrate what they need to do i think it helps as well knowing that like that people are going to be in a hyper focus sort of moment of like watching what you're doing and then sort of just repeating it in a sort of in a safe manner but then also i think as well as like an actor if you're if you are if you are uh really into it i think you will just 
zone in and then uh, take be basically be a sponge on how to make it work and how it's going to look. Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, we're lucky in that uh, a lot of actors and actresses have some stage combat anyway. They've done several months of stage combat with swords and a bit of punching and kicking. So they've got sort of base movements. It's just the the whole thing and the whole issue with a film like this with so many fights, especially for Priya, because she had to do all of them, is that they change their style. They change the way they move, the intensity of what they're trying to do in that particular moment. But a lot of it's acting pieces. If you don't act it and you just do the punches and kicks, obviously it looks naff. Uh, but they just bring their, their acting skills, which are phenomenal. Ritu had got pre previous experience on the Umbrella Academy. So she had lots of elements she wanted to put in herself, which was, uh, we, we they chopped quite a few, actually. She's going to do a, a spin on the floor to spin up and, and stand up. We trained that for quite a bit, but we never pulled that off. Uh, that never went in. And uh, Shona had uh, little bits of stage combat, I think, but she was a tremendous presence anyway. She's a very tall girl, very powerful. Uh, we didn't have to, because she was portraying a bully, we didn't have to work a great deal on power and stuff like that. She was smashing Adam in the rehearsal room all over the place, which was great to see. I was quite pleased with that. But uh, Serafina and Ella, they took on the wedding fight scene with the trays. We thought, wouldn't it be great that they can use something to escape this wedding, this horror? And they used the trays to smash people and all hell break loose on that wedding scene i must say we really enjoyed putting all that together as well as well as the mean the mean ladies scene where they all circle them and say how dare you and then they the two sisters are back to back and fighting we had so much fun with that as well it's okay i think the um mean sisters scene not mean sisters the mean women scene where yeah back to back is actually a pretty badass moment because it's just the you know that sort of realization of we need to get out of here and then on top of that uh, Rhea and, and Lena are sort of back together, you know, as a as a force rather yes. than uh, against each other, and you do, that is a cool moment. And it's also just the camera work that they're sort of going around them as in a circle rather than than you know letting the scene play out. Yeah, you're right. And and what what a lot of people don't realize on that we had very little rehearsal time with those mean ladies. That was. Uh, we spent so much time on the main big fights um, with Priya, et cetera, that when we got to that, there was some rehearsal time, but it wasn't, we could have done with it a lot more, really. So when we uh, when we put it together, the, the, the mean ladies had very, very little knowledge of any training whatsoever. So with them spinning off, they took a kick, and we spent a ton of time trying to get them to just spin away because we knew it wasn't... It wasn't in Crispin's eyes and my eyes a great piece from them. But funny enough, with the costumes and with the spinning of the camera and the way the camera was thrown into that action, it all worked. So I remember watching some takes of that and thinking, oh, my God, this is working. And, and these girls, the punch would come and the punch would come and they'd go after. So I, my, I got no hair, but I, if I had a hair, I would be tearing it out because their reactions were not the best, shall I say in a respectful way, not the best. But bless them, they did the best they could, but the camera work, Ashley did fantastic with that. And it sold, I do believe. Just to um, wrap up the episode, uh, what was your favourite uh, fight to choreograph? 
Wow, that's a difficult one because I love them all. It's like picking your favourite child, I guess. Wow, yeah, exactly. How the hell? I think probably the probably the Nimra because we had some issues there with her fearing the height and uh, and not feeling confident with the striking and stuff. And just slowly, it was a very slow burn across weeks and weeks and weeks. Whereas the other fights were coming together quite nicely and quite, I found not. I wouldn't say easy easy to do but the Nimra had a great deal of satisfaction seeing her pull that off so that would answer that question I would hope okay so that's uh I was ex- I thought you would uh spend a bit more time umming and ahhing sure. but no I'll take that Rob thank you very much for joining me today pleasure uh, Polite Society I think is still in the cinema uh, as of this recording but I'm sure we'll hit VOD soon uh, for everyone to go out and watch it thank you very much and you take care pleasure you take care Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Rob. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.